Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. In Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you on Orders Now. Brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Who wish you and yours all the best. During these uncertain times, Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Of course, you can reach us at the River Cree Resort and Casino. On the River Cree Resort and Casino hotline at 780-496-0063, the River Cree now has the patio open 11 to 11 each day at the River Cree. And you can text us, 780-496-0063, on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Ashley Fine Floors, providing winning results for over 35 years. Brendan Escott is back at the 630 Chad Studios, helping uh, produce and engineer the show. He is available at Brendan with two E's, S. Scott with two T's. I'm available, Bob underscore Stoffer, and the show Twitter account is at Oilers Now. We will tell you that guests on the show receive gift certificates to Japanese Village, now open for takeout orders. Full details at jvedmonton.ca. As uh, we go off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, we're joined by our headliner today for Will Hawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Will Hawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. David Staples from the Cult of Hockey. Hello, David. How are you doing? I'm good, Bob. Just like every other Oilers fan, I'm still buzzing from Monday's fantastic game. That was such a great game. And the only thing that we missed on Monday were the fans. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, we were all at home going crazy in the third period. So we were there. Yeah, just not at the rink. All right. We'll get to the hockey stuff in a second. You do, uh, you're, you're the COVID writer for Post Media out of Edmonton. Yeah. Uh, so now, uh, and we've talked about this before, all, all for the last calendar year, I have kept a running tabulation of uh, positive cases in Edmonton, active cases in Edmonton, how many people are in the hospital, uh, how many people are in ICU, how many people have passed away, and then in my specific health uh, district uh, in the actual city, which I won't reference, but I live in the southwest part of the city, so it's one of those ones. might be Twin Brooks. Um, and I'm now going to add a new statistical category, and that is vaccinations per day in the province. Is this something that you're, uh, because you've said all along this was going to be the biggest storyline, was the procurement of vaccinations, both federally and provincially, and the two, uh, those two sort of, you know, the liberals federally and the uh, UCP provincially working together to get the rollout, to get as many people vaccinated as possible. Have you been monitoring this over the course of the last week, or do you have an idea of how many Albertans are getting vaccinated a day, David? Bob, the last time I checked, it was it's about uh, between thirty and forty thousand a day. Uh, now that they've opened up the AstraZeneca to Generation X, and that might be that might include you, um, 
there there might have been a huge boost yesterday, but I don't know if those numbers are out yet. Alberta it ranks. It's about the same in all of the big provinces. Um, they're getting a, a steady supply now, generally speaking, from the federal government, and they all they're all have used up about 75% of their vaccine uh, to date. There's been a little bit of hesitancy from people to get the AstraZeneca, but um, I think they're going to use all their supplies now that they've opened up to people. Anyone um, over the age of 40 can now get it. So that's fantastic news, Bob, because that's almost everyone who's really vulnerable to COVID um, is over 40, and then there's you know some people with comorbidities under 40 but soon all of our most vulnerable people in alberta will be vaccinated so is it too simple to say if we get people vaccinated the faster we get people vaccinated the faster we get back to some form of normalcy is that too simple what do you think it should be the equation. I mean, that's that was the, we were we have been told repeatedly from our politicians, vaccines are the end game. So that's the expectation, and that's the way it should happen. It's going to be frustrating if it doesn't. Uh, we're seeing some countries, Israel and, and UK, they're really opening up now. Texas, uh, with a very like with a level of vaccination that we have right now, they opened up a month ago completely and got rid of their mask rules. Now, I don't think Canadians are willing to go along with that kind of openness. You see in Texas, but their case counts have not risen dramatically in in Texas. They continue to go down, even though they've opened up. It could be because of the warm weather. Uh, We know that infectious diseases don't spread as well um, in the the summertime. But um, yeah, uh, and the Alberta government, Bob, is seems to be showing every indication that they are going to open up with vaccination. Kenny has a plan for that. I just hope they follow through on that. Yeah, well, obviously, there's been a lot, you know, a lot of people out there that have been uh, really uh, challenged uh, financially as a result of various different industries. And I know we have some, well, for the most part, younger listeners that say, nope, uh, you know, uh, don't open up yet. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. But uh, I do sense that I'm from the school. The greater percentage of people we get vaccinated, the greater percentage chance we can kind of get back to normal. That would be wonderful. Because i got to be frank with you. I, I miss the hollow of the fans at the games, David. It's not quite the same. And it was a wonderful game the other night. You know what I'm saying? It was the best game of the year. It reminded me of that great game against Calgary. Was it just last year? <laughs> the Mike yeah. Smith, Cam Talbot fight. I mean, it seems like it seems like a lifetime ago. Uh, but that was such a fantastic game, and this this game matched it. I mean, I just think the Oilers they just got madder and madder. It was a game fueled by hatred, uh, and the Oilers hate overwhelmed Montreal in the third period. Did you like the intensity that the we saw out of Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl during the course of that game? Bob, I, I just, I was, uh, you know, to see them go into beast mode, which we haven't seen from dry settle really, truly since the 2017 playoffs, was fantastic. And, you know, I, I, as much as I like him protecting himself from that Josh Anderson um, hit, uh, where Drysaddle got his his uh, arms and stick up and and gave Anderson a little bit of message that if you're gonna if you're gonna abuse me there's gonna be a price. I I really liked even better him coming to the aid of Caleb Jones. Jones um, got in a collision. It was kind of a I don't know if it was intentional or not. It's hard to Paul see Ryan, with Byron. Paul Byron. Yep. Yeah. So it, it totally wiped out Jones, and it, it on the ice it might have looked intentional. And immediately Leon Drysaddle got in there and started to rough up Byron and I. I love that. I mean, if Leon Dreisaitl is doing that, you know, your your elite scoring 
uh, forward that you know you have a team that is close and is going to make some noise in the playoffs. It's just a, it's a great sign for the Oilers. You're saying he didn't bring it since the 2017 playoffs, or you're saying he didn't play with that sort of nasty edge since the 27 playoffs? Yeah, because he did right. win the Hart Trophy last year, David. <laughs> he brought it, but he didn't. He didn't. He didn't play nasty, and I don't think you can. Uh, you couldn't do that over every game over regular season. You, you would get injured. You you couldn't last. So I'm not. I'm not even criticizing him for not doing it. But you have to be able to to do that in big games and in the playoffs. And it was just a great reminder, actually. That's that's my point. A great reminder of what Leon Dreisaitl can be in the playoffs, as he was in 2017, and I think we're going to see it again this year. Well, uh, you and me grew up in a little bit different time. Uh, so we have, you know, it's funny. I, I had one of the younger uh, gentlemen that I worked with uh, take a look at a, a best of Mark Messier elbows and Jeep shots uh, video. <laughs> and he looked at me and said, he'd be suspended for 40 games a year now. And I'm like... Yep, he would be. Absolutely. And, you know, that's a sign of how it changed a bit. So there you go. All right. One of the things that occurred, David, on Monday night was they moved Josh Archibald up with Connor McDavid and, yes, Apollo Yarvey. And uh, we, it sounds like Nugent Hopkins is coming back. Based on the effectiveness of how uh, Archibald played with Jesse, and we're also going to hit on Jesse here in a second. But I do think you might get your wish tonight, David. You've only been calling for it for the entire season. Yeah, I want to see Nugent Hopkins back with Drysaddle and Yamamoto. And and I've never been a fan of Archibald on McDavid's line, but he he turned me into one uh, on Monday night. And what I noticed is, and and he he always goes hard. He always plays hard. He hits like crazy. He's a very intense player, but he seems to be playing now with a higher level of confidence with the puck. He seems to be thinking he can make plays, and that's a big part of making plays at the NHL, having that kind of confidence. What I noticed most of all was him going to the net hard. He's always done it, but he seems to be going to the net with the belief, and I, I can't read his mind, but with the belief that he can score. That's what you see in every fiber of his of his movement is there is a player going there, and he's just not looking to harass the goalie. He's going there to score, and if he does that when he's playing with McDavid, that actually might work. We, we might have a winger who can fit in with McDavid, because our Archibald is fast enough to keep up, and a lot of the other wingers aren't. So uh might just work. Yeah. Um, there's another part to that line. His name is Jesse Poliarvi. Could you imagine if we're sitting here during the pause last year thinking to ourselves, well, you know, Poliarvi will be playing on the first line, and he'll be a big part of it next year with Connor McDavid. Could you imagine if I had said that a year ago at this I, I I don't know about you, but I'm I'm almost flabbergasted that he's been as good as he's been, and the last couple of games another to me step forward because you're playing against good teams and he's brought a big presence to those games, and he's he's an enticing package carrying forward. He's 22, David. Where is he going to be at 24, 25, 26? Yeah, and you know, Bobby, if you looked at the analytics like I did last summer, and you and you looked at just goals for and goals against players who have played with McDavid, even when Pugliarvi wasn't as good as he is this year. In previous years, when he had played with McDavid, that line had a good uh, goals for percentage. They scored considerably more. I think it was like 61%. So out of 10 goals, they would score six and give up four, which is which is a first, that's kind of first line quality in the NHL. So Pugliarvi always seemed to have a little bit of chemistry with McDavid. And it seemed to me at that time that it would be a good idea to 
try them together. And a lot of people thought, oh, you, you can't say that. That's, that's crazy talk. But I was hoping to see it. And, but I never, you know, I never thought they would be this strong together. And, and what has happened, I think, is Pugliarvi has just raised the level of his reads in the offensive zone. He's getting the puck to McDavid consistently. He's, he's, he's working harder on the forecheck. He's getting his stick in there. Uh, doing everything you can to, to make it work with McDavid. When you don't have the puck a lot, when it's, when it's kind of hard to show your individual skill, but he's doing all kinds of little things uh, that make that line work. In the game against uh, Montreal on Monday, David, the Oilers also finished with Darnell Nurse being paired with Ethan Bear, which I think, may, which I think might be a precursor for tonight. What, what's your thought on that split between Bear and Barry with uh, Nurse? Ethan Bears had a weird season because he started out he started out um, coming to camp a little bit late. He got hurt, and both his defensive and offensive games were out of order. Uh, he was leaking grade A chances against at an alarming rate earlier this year. Bob, he slowly has improved his defensive game, and it's now at a at a pretty good level. And last night against Montreal, we're starting to see his offensive game come around, his puck moving and his shooting, and he was rewarded with a great goal for that. So. When Ethan Bear's game, when he's playing his A game, I think he's just he's a pretty good bet for the Oilers right now to play with uh, Darnell Nurse. Tyson Berry, we see what kind of player he is. It's the same player he's been all through his career. He can really move the puck. He can run a power play. He can fire the puck. But defensively, it's a bit of um, a, it's a huge question mark whether he can he can play, especially against top pairing competition, consistently and get the job done. He really he he ten, he leaks as many chances as any Oilers defenseman not named Caleb Jones right now. And um, you can't have that in a top pairing. So while I like Barry in the lineup a lot, I just think Bear is the best pick with Nurse. All right. A uh, couple other quick hitters. David Staples, call to hockey. Uh, Dmitry Kulikov, who I believe will play on a regular basis. David, who do you go with, Jones or Russell? Or do you alternate them? Well, I want to see Kulikov, so we'll see. We'll all see Kulikov, and we'll see how he does. Chris Russell has been playing the best, some of his best hockey as an Edmonton Oilers since he's been paired with Adam Larson. He he and Larson are just killing it defensively. They they're not giving up much at all in the defensive slot, and I I'm sure Dave Tippett loves that. And I, I'd be shocked if Russell were to sit. Caleb Jones, uh, I thought had his best game of the year against Montreal. He, you know, there was that huge question mark that you had and I had and everyone else, many people had. Can he get it done against the tough forecheck? Him and Ethan Barron, we saw Caleb Jones get it done. He didn't play a lot, just 12 minutes that game, but he was really solid. And um, that was a great sign because he has shown indications in the past that he might be a defenseman capable of playing in the top four in Edmonton. So I, I, I just think it's wide open between Jones and Kulikov, and we'll see who plays best. Nugent Hopkins um, returning tonight. We think Kulikov will play Monday in Winnipeg. Uh, Based on the comments from Dave Tippett, Oilers head coach, I think they want to get a couple practices in with Ryan McLeod. Maybe he plays Wednesday in Winnipeg. How intrigued are you going to be to see him? I've been watching him in Sweden, excuse me, in Switzerland and um, Bakersfield this year. I've probably seen 10 games online. And, Bob, he he has gotten consistently better. Uh, He just is increasingly confident with that puck and making good plays with it, carrying the puck, shooting the puck. There was a question um, whether he could even be a a strong point-per-game scorer in the AHL after his first season because he he struggled a bit, but he really has come on 
really flying up and down the wing. And, um, you know, I don't honestly see him as a – it's very difficult to play center in the NHL. So I, I just think the best bet for him would be on the wing uh, right now. But I think he could do a, a credible job on the on the third line as a winger or the fourth line, starting out there and, and see what he brings because he is big and fast. Every time I watch him play, I can't believe – it's like watching – is that like Leon Dreisaitl out there? He's so big. Uh, I don't know if he's put on weight or, or, or height, but he's getting his – I think he's getting his man strength. He's certain getting confidence, and, and he's ready yeah, to bring he, it, I think. Uh, well, I, I'm going to tell you right now, David, I believe he's going to play center. I don't do, believe eh? he's – yeah, I think he's going to slot into the uh, center opportunity, and they'll play at least one veteran with him to help protect him and insulate him a little bit. But I totally see uh, Ryan McLeod playing center. He's a, he's an important – I know there's a lot of fans excited about Raphael Lavoie. Uh, I could see Lavoie playing, you know, virtually the entire season next year in the AHL. But for me, McLeod is a real intriguing guy. You know, it's like Holloway and McLeod going into the Oilers' middle six in the next couple seasons. Those guys are big and they're fast. And speed kills, baby. Speed kills, David. Oh, God. Holloway is he is lightning quick and and I don't know if he's I'd love to see a race between him and McLeod Holloway is he's a bit more of a physical player and I definitely see him at center at some point in the NHL he 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 really brings it in the defensive zone he checks hard uh all right uh 121 and did you see by the way we haven't talked about this on the show yet uh, the Alberta Enterprise Group did you see who they announced as their new president I did not who's that Danielle Smith Oh, wow. So I know that uh, I think Cal Nichols is one of the founders of that group, the former Oilers owner. I don't know how involved Cal still is in that group, but uh, it's not not surprising to see Danielle take a prominent position like that. Tim Shipton of the Oilers, I believe, used to have that job before he joined the team. So, you know, that's a a group of people that fight like crazy as hard as they can for Alberta business and uh, have my full respect. So, and Danielle is obviously extremely skilled politically, great communicator. Um, glad to see her back in a prominent role. And and to be honest, we have some listeners that weren't her biggest fans. And conversely, we had other listeners that were her biggest fan. And I think back to the Ken the Ken Reed comment. He used to say, "Bob, the key uh, the key if you're going to be on the air or if you're going to be a comedian was love me or hate me, just don't like me." <laughs> I, like, I, I miss her on the air. I, I just thought she was fantastic. So, well, uh, yeah, we're already getting some texts on. <laughs> uh, there you go. On this topic, David, how do people uh, follow your hockey-specific stuff on the Cult of Hockey? Uh, the best way uh, to to follow the Cult of Hockey uh, just follow my Twitter account at D Staples. And uh, for the political commentary, is, is there political commentary uh, with your stuff? I don't know. Is there? A, a, people are... I try to keep. I, uh, I my my Twitter account for politics is at David Staples Yeg, so that's my main job is writing about politics. But uh, you know, I write about hockey because I'm a fan and uh, I love it. Well, we all love it. That's why uh, it's awesome to talk about it. Thanks for your time, David. Thanks, Bob. From the Cult of Hockey, that's David Staples. It's 123 at Edmonton. When we come back, we will hit on the North Division report for Craig Hummel at REMAX Excellence. This is Oilers Now. Hi, this is Oscar Clefbaum from the Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Shed. It is 126 Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan and Scott with you on Oilers Now. Quickly into the Ashley Five Floors text line. Uh, 
Uh, this text out of Edmonton says, I watched Dylan Holloway. He strikes me as a four-checking power winger. And he adds, once Lavoie gets his defensive side of the game and a little heavier, he will produce and stay in the NHL guaranteed. He should be ready halfway through next year if he works hard. I, I would say that might be a little early. I think it's just a personal observation. But he is... He's a big man. I mean, Pugliarvi is a legit top six NHL winger right now. I think we can agree on that. Yamamoto's numbers over the last two seasons would indicate he's a legit guy. The Oilers have got Archibald and Cassian signed through next season. Um, going to be really interesting to see the progression and development of Raphael Lebois as well. One of McLeod or Holloway is going to end up on left side. I think that's inevitable. Still an exciting time. The owners have got sort of a, a surge of some prospects coming and lots of guys on defense as well. I mean, next year, just in Bakersfield alone, you could have on the left side uh, Broberg, Samarukov, and Neiman Lyonen. And, you know, Camp Kesserling, uh, they got another guy out of Sweden. I, I always forget the guy's name. Uh, played in uh, Lynchapin. Lin- Lin- Berglund? Year. Philip Berglund? Ber- Philip Berglund, thank you. Uh, those guys are all right shot options. Uh, they got DeHarnay in an AHL deal. They'll probably sign a, a veteran lefty as well. I mean, the, the orders, and those guys are all big. Like, nobody's small. And I know, hey, if you're, if, if you're Brendan Gallagher and you're small, great. Problem is not, there's not a lot of guys like that. So, interesting stuff. Uh, there's an old saying in the car business, cars cost less than what to ask when Brent Ridge Ford is a 10-time President's Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction. It's open six days a week to serve you following all COVID protocols to protect customers and staff. And guess what? Uncle Milt says Brent Ridge is low on used vehicle inventory. Now's the perfect time for you to sell. Let the gang at Brent Ridge Ford lend a hand. You can reach them one 3673 or visit BrentRidge.com as we head off to the North Division Report for Craig Hummel at REMAX Excellence. Here's Brendan Escott. Okay, Toronto has now lost five consecutive games, uh, picking up two loser points along the way there. So they sit just four up on second place Winnipeg and five up on Edmonton. The Oilers holding two games in hand over the Leafs. Montreal nine points back of Edmonton in the fourth and final playoff spot. And while Calgary was pushing hard, they've dropped two in a row and sit six back with the Habs also holding two games in hand there. Vancouver and Ottawa both have back-to-back wins but are sitting well out of contention at this point. Brought to you by Craig Hummel at Remax Excellence. Finding your dream home, listing your old home. It all starts at soldtodayedmonton.ca. List it, sell it, move on. All right, Brian Lott from the NHL Network for Mattress Superstore when we return after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.